0: This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. on the Dock with Pastor Troy and gang. Uh, Get my throat cleared. We have Jimmy John's and some donuts in there. On the Dock.org, that's our website. Go there, find out how to find us. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we drop podcasts down for you. Go find those where they're happening. And we're about conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. I just feel like I got a girly voice right now. It's not very manly. It's going to be Jimmy John's. We, so they didn't jimmy pay us Jones? at all it was Jim, Jim, jimmy johns did it to me uh you can find us on youtube spotify itunes also google play facebook roku rumble Sermonet. but we want to get you on youtube if you can spotify or itunes hit there once you get there hit subscribe like notify do all those things right there hit those buttons and bells and punches and different things that they have and share that with other people and by the way facebook instagram twitter telegram getter and oh i missed one of those two. facebook instagram twitter telegram and getter Go get her. Yeah, We'd love to talk to you on social media there. Just chat out to us. Be nice. You can be critical. You can have your ideas, but let's, let's remember we're all Christians in the family of God. So let's have good conversation about uh, getting out of the shallows and into the deep. We're available at onthedock.org. You can find all our links and stuff there. You can also email us at info at Org if you've got any questions, things that we can answer for you. And we'd love to have you as a partner or sponsor through our Patreon site. Go check that out. Four levels of partnership. Three levels levels of sponsorship go to my patreon download the app or go to on the and you can link over there that way as well. I'm in the studio. Mother Beth is here. She did deliver the Jimmy Johns in the previous episodes so that we're taping to today. And uh, we've had her donuts from Walmart. Yeah. No, no Krispy, Kreme. no Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is, Krispy Kreme is closed. And so they had a fire. I'm turning her. Mind. Yeah, they had a fire.
1: I didn't know that one. They, they had a fire. I don't know how
0: serious, it was bad enough that they had to call out like fire doors. Did you see fire flames, or did it look like it had been burned? It just
1: said closed for renovation. It didn't. I mean, it no. They had a fire.
0: They had a black. They, they, had, a, they had a fire. I mean, had a lot of grease in there. If that grease got going.
1: Mm-hmm. When yeah, did that
0: happen? Right, like last week or something. Yeah. I thought it's one of those <laughs> things where you just have fire and they come back the next day. Okay. Yeah, uh, no. Across there, we got our executive director Lucas Winkler in studio. Lucas, how you doing? No, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Yeah. Good. You had a, yeah. did you, you, you didn't, you got the wrong Jimmy John. Somebody yeah, got Yeah. Beth had to order. eat a cheese one. I, I mean, it was good. Lucas had to eat the wrong one. I got exactly what I wanted. So that's Well, good they
1: they were a little new.
0: Every, they were green. I think they've I think had a lot of turnover. Yeah. Was yeah. New. Like going crazy there. Yeah. And Donna, Konusky, Donna, Donna had something that was. It wasn't awesome. really, it looked like a bunny version, like a bunny food version of the sandwich. It
2: was a salad in your hand.
0: You, so you, is there a sandwich in there?
2: It's all the stuff that you put in the sandwich, but wrapped in a couple of lettuce leaves. Yeah, so you don't have, but wrapped. there was no bread, no bread. Oh, no. but it had avocado and turkey and cheese.
1: Now, you know, and, you know, yum.
0: you know, was it Jerry Claro that says, you know, you know, you know what a Swiss no, sandwich honey, is? That's, that's what you have. To, is, is that who?
1: That's not Jerry Claro. It's a Blues Brothers, isn't it? No, Jerry Clark. Did Jerry Clark say it? Yeah. Okay. Do you
0: right. know what you, a Swiss sandwich is when you have two pieces of bread and you wish you had some meat. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> you wanna hear one? That's, That's the was, blues
1: brother.
0: Is that a blues brother? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. But, but, but the, so what you had was a lettuce sandwich and you wish you had some bread.
2: No, I not, did not. No, it was it, delicious. I love those. So, so,
0: so all through this show, we will have all eaten that yeasty bread. So we'll all be bloating and all that and you'll be just like healthy. That's right. So I did po- have a donut though. You did have a donut. That takes care of <laughs> the that. Equalizer. Yeah. The great equalizer. Yeah, but we had that and a donut. So that'll really catalyze. Mm-hmm. So at some point in time, we may go catatonic and Donna will take over the show.
2: Well, we'll just put on the Mica bumper and yeah, We'll just it run the Mica bumper over out. and over for Fade 40 minutes
0: out. till we eat up our time. We have a beautiful bumper just in case. We almost had to use it in the last episode because we were all horrified that Beth may have not brought back donuts, but she did. I did. Praise did. God. We're in the walkaway series. Thanks for joining us on the dock, And we're in a walkaway series. It's Part eight of I our on the docks. am a bit of a panic though. What was that? Hang on. I'm trying to
1: make it Go ahead. I know. I'm sorry, but we'll deal with your crisis I mean, there's first. There's no place else to get donuts besides Krispy Kreme, right? Mm. Walmart
0: has everything Dixie Kreme. Dixie Kreme. Yeah, I would have had to drive no, to Heron. Griper.
2: Yeah, Dunkin at Donuts. These field price, at these
1: fuel prices, yeah. Walmart. What about Casey's? Well, Casey's, I would have had to go to him. You, you may,
0: people don't know this, but mother Beth was the donut woman at Casey's yes. in Pawnee for a long time.
1: Casey's was the first thing I thought of, but there was not one around me.
0: So yeah. All right. Thankfully. We have a crisis in Marion. We Our Krispy Kreme is down. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got,
0: we got broken arrow down. We got to oh, get the Krispy
1: so Kreme has. Uh, Donuts I too? like their
0: donuts. She did not like. No, oh. There's okay. something about Kroger, their
1: donuts. I don't
0: know Kroger. If you call us, we'll change your attitude with a sp- sponsorship or partnership no, on my with
1: sampling. Like sampling, sampling, sampling. We'll have to do sampling. a one-to-one sample. I'll,
0: I'll keep Beth off those episodes, and we'll get her off here, so we we'll don't have that <laughs> negative attitude. You
1: know, something's not right about their donuts. <laughs> something's off about oh, Kroger no.
0: donuts. We'll have an investigation of that. I know my donuts. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're in a Micah cool. Live humbly on the Doc season two, digging deep in the world uh, Word Series, but but we're finishing it up today. It's been an eight-part series. Today is part eight it is our wrap up and round table. so basically you guys can say or ask anything or comment anything you want to do i mean
1: well, I guess i've already so. started that yeah i know
0: <laughs> so we're going to try to summarize this a little bit i'm going to hit it in sections and we'll bring up some of the key questions but you, we may just decide to talk about whatever we want to donuts yeah donuts yeah. yeah do you think do you think in time of micah they had donuts yes i'm sure they did when i'm in israel they have all they saw all kinds of bread on the streets Yes, it won't be. I don't think it'd be fluffy like ours. It would be.
1: No, thicker. when we were in Liberia, they made us donuts. Yeah,
0: they make they make fried donuts in Liberia. They've been mm, doing it all. They make they're little, really good. They fry them in the grease and they put a little sugar on them. They're great. They even put jelly in some of them. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Micah, live humbly. <laughs> <laughs> part eight wrap up. We're gonna get on track here. it, it, it just just to kind of give you just a little bit of a feel for what we've been doing. Go back and watch part one through seven, and we kind of walk through the different cycles. In in Mica, there were. There, there are three cycles uh, of conversation. In chapter 1 through 2, 13, it's the first complaint of God against the people of God. He uses Micah as his vo- Micah's the voice, telling the people, you've dishonored God, and God's now going to clean your clock. Both Judah, the nation of Judah, and the nation of Israel, that's the split nation of, of, of the children of Israel, God's going to clean your clock because you have failed Him, with the exception of the remnant. The remnant will be honored. And in cycle two, which we'll talk about in a little bit, we saw a more in depth rebuking, but he focused on the leaders. But then he told the people in hope chapters of that with her chapter four, and <laughs> chapter five, that even though you've been led astray, God is there to be your leader and he can lead you back on, but you got to look to him. So there was a hope there. And then in and and the ultimate hope would be that he would send Jesus through Bethlehem. He would send the Messiah, a redeemer through Bethlehem, which we know today hindsight is Jesus Christ. And in the third cycle, there's a wrap up to the whole argument, God presents his closing arguments. And then he presents basically says that everything that you do when you don't follow God will not be fruitful, will not be productive. It will just lead to to, to empty stomachs. You, you know how it is when you eat a donut and that's all you eat for the day. You can't function. You marry a donut like we You know, like you just start your day with a donut. The worst thing you can do, like I can eat the lunch that we did today and then have a donut. But if you ever go like get up in the morning, you have a cup of coffee and a couple donuts. My day is horrible.
2: Your blood sugar—it's it's, hard, it's
0: crashing. Up, yeah. It jacks you up. And the caffeine yeah. jacks you up, yeah. and, crashes, and you're no like idea. laying on the pavement at one o'clock.
1: No yeah. idea what you're talking
0: about. You know? <laughs> Beth can live off of stuff like that. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it just has it just has. A, I mean, I cannot function off it. It's not food. Mm. I know it's a donut, but it's not food. That's yummy food, you know. And so what? <laughs> what God was saying here with these guys was you can't live off of a separation from God, you'll in the end be completely unprofitable. So sin, sin will, will take everything that there's no fruit in it. There's it's wood, hay and stubble. It's it's chaff in the Bible it talks about that that'll be cast out. What God is saying is when you live apart from him, you live apart from that, which is real life. So you yeah. don't stand a chance. And and I, one of the main things we talked about throughout this is I've used the term, regularly, we'll talk about it here for a few minutes. The term synchronizing, it's where you take two worlds or two views and you fuse them together and create a third alternative universe. So if you had the Hebrew world and you took the Canaanite world, put them together, you're neither Hebrew nor Canaanite, you're now this new hybrid. Hebrew Canaanite. Or if you take Christians and you hybridize them with secular humanists today, say a secular humanist that's that doesn't believe in God but believes in self and science and your own evolution and, and you're done when it's over and you you know, whatever. If you take those and put them together, you don't come out with a Christian, you don't come out with a secular humanist, you come up with some sort of other ideology, some sort of other hybrid. And what synchronizing says is that Micah is accusing God is accusing the Hebrew children of not being faithful to him in their complete obedience in their special covenant and he says my charge against you is you have fused yourself with the Canaanite society so now you're neither Hebrew nor Canaanite you're actually worse lukewarm you're lukewarm that's really good you're really you're worse what's weird is how can it be worse than a group that God wants to He wants utterly destroyed and then he got saved. But then he says, lukewarm, let's say middle, the hybrid, he says, you're doing more sins. He goes on in some of the other texts of the Bible and says what the Hebrews did in fusing themselves to the Canaanite theology was worse than what he displaced them for. And he actually had more animosity, God did, for the Hebrews that compromise and fuse themselves and their families into that other world than he did for those he displaced. And that's why his judgment is so harsh on them because they didn't have the benefit of his special provision.
2: Don't you think it's because it casts bad shadow on the the Hebrews? Absolutely,
0: Not just cast a bad shadow. It disrespects the one that set them free. Right. I mean, he liberated them, he did miracles for them, he carved out special leaders for them, and they basically blew them off and decided they would do it their way. That song, I did it my way. And the my way, God knows is utterly destructive and false. It, it's a false flag, it's a false reality. But synchronizing is what he's saying. Mike is basically saying, the Hebrew people are guilty of fusion compromise themselves with the evilness of that society to create this alternative universe of evilness. And it says basically God will not accept it. Matter of fact, God's going to be lukewarm, harsher in vomiting that out than he's ever been anything else. With the exception is God can find the needles and I'm gonna call those the remnant. We saw those in, uh, in, in verse chapter two, verse 12 and 13, where it says, and I will protect a remnant. We see that in chapter, I think four and five as well. And then finally at the end of seven, six, uh, verse seven through 20, God says, there'll be those folks that didn't compromise. I'll have them. So God says, I will find the needle in the haystack and I will have it. Look what he did with Noah in the time of the flood. I mean, he destroys the whole world and he carves out the one family that's faithful. I mean, God destroyed the whole planet just to reset the hard drive. And he took the one remnant family and he put them in a boat and floated them around until they could repopulate. God's going to do the same thing here. This is just another microcosm example of God resetting the hard drive and saying, I'm going to reset Judah. I'm going to reset Jerusalem. We're going to have to rebuild the temple when this is done. And I'm going to start over and I'm going to use Jesus down the road to start over again. And someday Jesus is gonna come and hold us accountable. I guess he's gonna start over again, but this time it's gonna be the kingdom of heaven. And by the time we get to that point, he'll have it all sifted out. <laughs> There'll be nobody slipping past the final decision date. So synchronizing is is the thing. Do you guys see much with synchronizing? Do you, do you think that's as, as fair to argue today as it would have been for Micah? Do you think synchronizing is a problem that we, we face today in the church and in Christian relationship today and living for God today?
2: Well, we have so many denominations, right? That's what I was gonna say. Most
0: of them were birthed over some issue of disagreement, some, some, carpet. On, some, some <laughs> on carpet, yeah, some of them are some of them today are very fused. I mean, there's a lot of churches fused. I mean, we were reading this issue. I mentioned this in the previous episode, one of the things I'm reading in an article that I'll try to put up soon, um, that Jeff Freeman gave me was that um, Christians have always been, the patriarchal Christians, we're, we're against abortion, we're, we're fighting with an abortion clinic that's tr- trying to be brought here. And we're just trying to educate ourselves in that conversation because it's not been a part of our culture here. It's a problem here, but it's not been here. To have a clinic here is really bad. So Christians are trying to ramp up and say, don't build it here, we don't want that here. Praise God, we, we, we need to beat that thing. We don't need that curse on the society. It's bad enough on our overall society without having it You know, in Jackson County. We don't wanna have it. And so, but I was reading what, what a brother wrote to me, and he, he was sharing how, There's one, he was using an example of a church that's pro choice. And the church that celebrate they didn't even know abortion was a bad thing, that they celebrate it so much so that they rate, you know, they, we raise funds at Community Faith Church to help people educate their children in Christian community. When they need help, we raise funds here to help people when they've had hardship, and they've lost a job or they've got injured. We have a Community Needs Fund, and we help our members out. We do all kinds of things to help people that have special blighted need. We're doing a sponsor day right now for Heron House of Hope, HeronHouseHope.org. Go there and find out how you sponsor day, great organization, feeding the hungry and the homeless. We are always looking to see how we can help our brother or sister that's hungry that's in need a widow we have people here that are in the restore network uh, offering foster care to children that need help so we have a lot of ways in which we try to help those that need help and 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 it's just this one church was celebrating that they raise money and they celebrate what they do is a good gift from god is they raise money so that women can have enough money to get to places where they're at abortion is not available they raise the money for the fuel and the transportation to get them safely to places where they can get their kids aborted so the church is Doing fundraisers, doing potlucks. Come, come to the pancake supper, so we can raise some money, so we can send this sister to 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 abort a baby, and they they see that as one of their mission ministries of their Christian quote Christian church. Now, to do that, there's something fusioned about that because to sacrifice children is just not in God's plan. I mean, and there's there's I mean there, there there's a lot of pain in that, so. To get to that theology where a church would go, that's our ministry model, or one of our ministry models, that would require some synchronizing with modern day sociological issues, wouldn't it? Mm. It's a scary thing. And, and we could all, there are other projects like that we could point out, churches that have taken huge stance on gay marriage. You know, I, I this is gonna shock everybody. It doesn't offend me if two people choose to be married, I guess, I let me to use the word marriage. Marriage is a Christian word started by God as a Christian estate. So if two people want to be joined together in a covenant and they want to live as as two people that are the same sex, we have free will right to reject what God wants and live the way we want to. Mm-hmm. It is our life. We can, we can do what we want. I just don't think God's going to honor it because his word says it. He tells us not to do it. And so as for me and my house, we've chosen to honor what God tells us to and so I, I'm not trying to be hateful with that. I'm just saying, but there are churches that take that on as a full course. Their pastors are doing the weddings. Their, their churches support the cause. Matter of fact, they would consider what I'm saying to be uh, patristic and archaic and out of line, but mine can be justified by the Bible. There's Kate. Theirs has to be Synchronized with theology that's developed since the Bible. And that's where you get the concept of some people say there's an open canon and a closed canon. Right. A closed canon would mean the Bible spoke, it said it, it's good, it's done, it'll be there. Open canon means we've got a Bible here, then we've got other stuff we can add to it down the road to kind of begin to interpret it and make it make sense for our generation.
1: And, and help us not feel guilty yeah. about the things that we want to do.
0: We can re edit it so it feels nicer to us. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of, you know, today they're doing like history in schools. They're they're modifying the history so it looks kinder or different, doesn't it? Yeah, right. So in this way, you got Christians that are modifying Christian history to make it look more palatable to today. Those things are all synchronizing, and Which they're very
1: ridiculous. It's. it's I it. mean, the thing about history, good and bad you want to know what it was you want to know why it happened so maybe you don't do it again
0: we have a lot of things that you are historical wanna, that i'm embarrassed you don't want to just
1: Absolutely. wipe it out i like, want our kids to learn
0: happened. about it and what has it and what caused it and what kind of tyrants caused it and mm-hmm. what kind of thinking caused
1: it so we don't we learn from it right and again i think that's created by people who want it to happen again and or they want to in their minds, they they want to do something similar, so they try to wipe it out of people's minds. I'm like, well, this didn't never happen. This couldn't happen. This will never happen. But it it's never happening. happened before. But it's happening. It's not going to happen again. So, would you agree that you see the
0: Christianity is being? I got this up on the screen. Christianity is being synchronized with secular humanism today and inclusive philosophies. It's being forced and to make rethink. It all feel good. Yeah. yeah, make it all feel good. And so, what comes out of there is a fused Christianity. Which is dechristianized by nature, because mm-hmm. when you put anything before Christ, maybe you call it a whatever. When you put it before Christ, it, it becomes ideologically an idol in front of it. Mm-hmm. Christ becomes secondary. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I just think we have a lot of that today. Micah told us in those first couple sections that we talked about in part one and two that someday, O oh Israel, I'll gather you together, a remnant who are left. I'll bring you to gather again like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leaders will break out and lead you out of exile and out through the gates of the enemy city, back to their own land. Your King will lead you. The Lord himself, Jesus Christ will guide you. We know it's a prophecy because we see the also the promise of Micah 5, 2 about him coming from Bethlehem. There is a promise for those that do not get fused. Don't you think though, the pressure today to be fused to be fused or not to be fused? That is the modern day question again. I know it was the question in Micah's time, but we are under a lot of pressure to be fused.
1: Christians you're, don't wanna be seen as judgmental.
0: You're under pressure to bow your knee.
1: Yeah.
0: To bow your knee and, and, and submit yourself to the secular side of what's been fused to Christianity. Right. To the to the tolerant side of Christianity. Mm-hmm. God, is, God is tolerant of grace and mercy and our need to get better, but God is intolerant of sin and justice and unrighteousness. And we have, society has flipped it and decided to be tolerant of sin, unjustice and unrighteousness, and to be intolerant <laughs> of the other. We, it's turned it upside down, it's mm-hmm. a perversion. And so you, Micah deals with that in those first two takes, but I think it's just as valid for us today. W- w- wouldn't you agree? I mean, we're seeing this in every inkling. In in, in 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 the third part of this series, you go back and listen to part three, we get into that second cycle. And what's interesting about that second cycle is he he takes on the leaders because, you know, people are led by their parents, kids are, uh, uh, adults are led by teachers and and other leaders and and political leaders and religious leaders. There are people that kind of start us in a direction. Now, the Bible holds them at the higher responsibility because they're leaders or they're presuming to be leaders but we are all followers. That's what we get to finally in chapter six and seven is we gotta take responsibility for our own decisions as well. But ultimately God is also gonna in cycle two, he says, I've got some really harsh words to say to those that would take advantage of their position and lead toward a synchronizing that's away from God's word. And he really is harsh on them. And he's very importantly, he says in the back part of that in four and five, that those that will reject that and will look to God for leadership, he'll get them through as well. So one of the keys is not just be a remnant, but to make sure that the people you're following are serving God, and if they're not serving God, look to Him. But he still has a lot of things to say to leaders that fail. Look at this, listen you leaders of Israel, you're supposed to know right from wrong, but you're the very ones who hate good and love evil. In other words, you are the people that are, things are upside down. Do you ever feel like things today could be as upside down as they were Mm. then? I do too. I, I do too. And and it gets really ugly here because he says you skin my people alive and tear their flesh from their bones. You eat, you eat my people's flesh, you strip off their skin and break their bones. This could be literal because this does happen in Jerusalem toward the end, when things are really bad and they're being uh, uh, sieged by Babylon. But it could just be the fact that people are just being used up. The rich and the wealthy, the leadership are oppressing the poor and just using them like they would a stock cow or like an, another piece of produce. People have been reduced to just being used for the meat pot. Do you ever, do you, do you think sometimes in society what's going on with us really does, Right now we're in an infant baby formula crisis in our country. There's no baby formula, and no infant formula. Now, Beth asked the question, okay, how did they deal? She has the question the other day. She said, fine, there's no baby formula, but how did we deal with this for the last 8,000 years?
1: Before baby formula. formula.
0: You know, moms have milk, and I know there's a but, few kids that can't have milk. There's always been somebody that probably well, couldn't
1: have. and there's mothers that can't nurse, can't nurse.
0: So you know, you know, there's, there's, you know, how we have survived as humanity for all this time. Uh, and and it is crisis. We need to get the formula. I agree with that. But we, we are kind of thinking about the fact we've got so dependent on. But I'm seriously
1: asking, what was the other option? Does anybody what were, does anybody know? What, hey, what the other option. Hey, here so, you go.
0: Social media. Th- I guess, th- throw it up, Lucas. Social media: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, Getter. Can anybody out there historically tell us wh- what did women do before formula? You know, if they if they couldn't nurse because of a problem. Or, and I say, well, Beth, they got wet nurses. She said, well, wet nurses were never really popular in this country I don't in, think. in Thailand, in, in, not in Thailand, in, 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 in uh, Central America, Honduras, very popular. Yeah. We've been in villages in our lifetime where we've helped slum villages in Honduras where the feeding is so bad. Listen to this, Donna, <laughs> there'd well, be the one, one person. They would pick one woman in the village at a time to be the nurse. There would be multiple kids because there was no birth control. Catholic, Catholic, you know, a lot of children. But there'd be one or two women only that would be nursing, and they would be literally standing there with their tops off, well, and and, and kids coming up and nursing, taking turns, because they're like the bottle for the community.
1: And because they, they didn't have enough food to go around to the for food shortage was so be...
0: poor, yeah, that they would divert food to that woman
1: mm-hmm.
0: to keep her lactating. Yeah. And they would rotate them through, you know, maybe maybe her time would be up, and next per- they would pick you are up, and we're going to feed you enough to be able to nurse all of our kids.
2: That's problem solving. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it worked. I mean, it was so the demand was so high, you, you put a top on. I remember we were in the village one time, and and uh, what's her name? Uh, um, oh, Carmen. Not Carmen. Uh, the folks from uh, De- uh, Harold Harold and Betty Braswell. Oh. Betty said. Now, ma'am, you're going to have to put something on these people aren't used to seeing this. And, and it, it was just her position to be there. They came up and kids came up and said, it won't milk, you know, and, and it was just normal there. And she says, you're gonna have to cover this up. Cause we're taking photographs and we're, we're, we're all pilgrims. You know, we're, we're pure people and we're like, this is okay. You know, we're, we're cool with this, you know, and that's, we learned that, that, that society had come up with a way to manage this in their poorness. They'd come up
1: with a way. But I think even like, I think when Heather was a baby that didn't was wasn't goat's milk an option for? I think it is babies it's that very were really sensitive, sensitive to everything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And I'm sure somebody tell us. Did you put those social media things up? that I miss it? Yep. Come tell us. Tell us. Tell us. Tell We are really ignorant on this. We will post it up and I tell. Just never thought about it. Well, you know what? I mean. But I mean, maybe maybe people are going to have to stay home and nurse their kids. Maybe maybe There's some women, you really I really mean,
1: can't. I know they can't. I know they can't. So I'm I'm curious. And, and maybe
0: the Christian community's going to have to, to step up options. and but but today we're able to pump milk. We could give milk to other I mean <laughs> mm-hmm. it'd be way to be able, there might be a whole market for for pumped breast milk, you know. You know, God, what would the FDA do with that or what the food the food Well, your, and yeah. they
1: were saying the problem with importing formulas were that they didn't have the they're getting right foreign formulas and now they're finding out
0: that they're not the same from there it has whole different the right right. nutritional Yeah, value. yeah. and the it's regulations are different right. but but my point is you know the leaders here leaders here could have been using up people and, 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 and I think sometimes our leaders here, like, there's a shortage of this or that. And this will be an opportunity for somebody to get a big contract. They'll be flying in stuff. And I saw yesterday there was a, a group of people being met together about how to up baby formula. And they said every one of the countries that were in the meeting, companies that were in the meeting were all foreign companies. The American companies have been excluded because it's it's more profitable to sell these contracts. And so all of a sudden everybody's wanting to get in on the baby formula making thing because the government's going to give big contracts out. Mm-hmm. and there could be big money it's like defense spending and it, it's amazing how when people just need a bottle for their child there's a whole group of leaders out there that go whoa opportunity to get rich to me that could be eating the flesh of the people stripping supply
1: and demand yeah. yeah
0: and so the lord says they beg the lord for help in times of trouble do you really expect him to answer after all the evil you have done he won't even look at you so so it's very clear that god is disturbed when leadership becomes unaccountable, and and I, I mentioned in episode three, and let's talk a little bit about this, is God declares in Micah here in this third chapter, that there's going to be an accountability day for leaders, there'll be accountability day for us. Accountability is coming where our actions will have consequences. How we responded, how we acted, if we went with the crowd and went over the cliff, if we did the ungodly thing, we'll, we'll be charged with that. If we were faithful, and held our ground and stood on the rock, then we'll be the remnant. How, how we treat others will be visited back on us. Is what this says by God. Is that kind of scary to think how we treat others mm. will be visit? How you treat people today, you're watching this. How you treat your waiter, how you treat the person at the gas station. It doesn't mean you don't ever. I mean, there's people you service center you can get in a disagreement about. You can be friendly and respectful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had to call and. Say hey, I, can I talk to somebody else? You you, don't, you you're not speaking English. You don't hear me. I, I need to gripe about something, but I know you don't make enough money to do this. Can you give me a customer service, you know, manager? And and this is like my twelfth call, and I've been on hold for an hour and a half. We all <laughs> we all have that. And you're talking to somebody in Pakistan, you know, or the Philippines. Mm-hmm. I always ask them how's the weather. They go, "Oh, it's hot in the Philippines," you know. And and you know, th- but you can do things respectful. You know, you oh, can yeah. you can do the best you can, in. and. How we treat others will be visited on us by God. Not just others in the world, but how we also treat fellow Christians. Remember, Israel was—I told you in the last episode—all Israel, all Judah—they were all family. They were already split, and they were family. Now they're split inside the split of those that are going to be uh, what remnant, and those that are going to be fused to the world. So, so we're going to be we're going to be held accountable for how we treat each other inside the church,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and in some ways. Others are going to watch that it's going to keep some people from ever coming in the church. And I think we're going to all be held responsible for that, too. Yeah, That's one of the things that tears my heart up is, yeah. is when we have conflict inside the church, if we don't manage it well, or give it to the Holy Spirit, or, or just, you know, trust God for it, it diminishes the church's ability to reach others. And then it, it's all bad. So there's going to be an accountability day. I mean, and that day could be what it could be, it could be tomorrow, the next mm-hmm. week in time, but it could be any day yeah. that we stand before the Lord. But, but God's saying there will be accountability. Do you, do you think it's a, I mean, I mean that accountability, some people have said all along, that's kind of a harsh thing. It kind of causes people to fear God and kind of want to do the right thing. But I think accountability is just the reality of a God we serve. I mean, I, I, a fear in this case is a healthy respect for the fact that someday uh, we're not, we may get away from this now, may use people up now, but someday in the end, there's gonna we're gonna meet a guy that we cannot use up and his name's God. We can't use him
1: up. <laughs> I I think uh, accountability is crucial because we are human, right? Right. And we're gonna make mistakes. Everybody's we're, gonna make mistakes. Gonna, I think it's good. We're gonna do something stupid, and um, you know, holding each other accountable is gonna be good. But holding each other accountable with grace, I think, is gonna be key.
0: Ooh, I think so too. You know, because yeah. because I I sit in one of the episodes that God God justice always includes retribution and restoration. Retribution is restoring what you've. I mean, retribution is. Fixing the broken, wrong, and the restoration is is remnant coming back and having a healthy life. God God's going to always work to there eventually, and all of us can find ourselves on the backside of that, and 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 we're not any different. But I think one of the keys is is we, we as Christians we should know what God's expectations are. I, I talked about that too. Or we we should know, and honestly, you and I we have to. Bottom line, a lot of times it comes down that we're just unwilling to fulfill it. Our pride, our own will, our own decision doesn't. And what brings us to repentance is an acknowledgment that I do finally need to change. And that's the to me the threshold from being the people. Micah is being told to blast by God, saying, "You people are are bound for 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 a devil's hell, destruction, utter destruction. But you remnant, God's going to have a horizon for you." he's putting a threshold there and the threshold from that group of people to this group of people, I mean, they're the same people. They're all family. They're people on both sides. Mm -hmm. The threshold is a repentant heart and a heart that says, not my way, not my will, but yours be done. We all, we all have that same decision to make. Everybody here, whether you be a leader, whether you be somebody rich today or even the poor class today, as poor as you can be, we all still, no matter what our wealth status is, we still have our free will. And and God's God's not going to expect any different for us. We've got to decide, are we going to go along with the flow? Are we some of us will lead the bad flow and, and he says that's going to be worse, but are we going to go along with the flow? Or are we going to say ask for me in my house? No, nope, we're not doing that. That's a hard decision. When the flow is hard, like you ever jump into water and there's a flow and just turns your raft. If you go to like the one of the places we stay on our timeshare has a lazy river. You ever get in a lazy river with a raft, I like it. You can yell the raft just it goes around all day long. Kids will bump into you. They'll be you go through the way and the kids with goggles. You know, come up like, like, like little lizard people. You know, got little fins going by. But if you lay on that lazy raft, you just keep going around. You'll come back to the same spot and go around and come back, and you get a sunburn eventually. You don't even notice you get a sunburn because you go into a little dripping thing and it cools you off, and you just kind of slowly burn. Yeah, you know? but 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 as you, if a lot of us get caught in just the river of life, and the flow of where things are going, and to actually get out of that would require a little effort. The effort number one would be acknowledgement and awareness that you're going the wrong direction. Mm. Then you put your feet down. To get off that raft and out of that lazy river, I have to get off the raft, put my feet down. And now you're standing against the current. Mm. What's interesting about standing against the current, it pushes against you. Mm. And you got to kind of work over to the steps. You got to to do that. You got to fight a little bit. You got to make some intentional. It moves from being unintentional to intentional.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's not an accident God speaking to Micah and the people he's saying, You've unintentionally or intentionally gone away from me. And now you're going to have to make a decision. I think people are like that today. People are going to be, there is such a current going away from God right now in our society. That to put your feet down right now is almost difficult. And I've put my feet down in, 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 in like we've gone rafting or canoeing or inner tubing. And I've put my feet down at times and been undercut by it. And not been able to hold my ground. hmm you might lose it. You may you you're, you may lose some stability. You may even l- lose traction. But I mean, hopefully, it'll push you out of it enough that you can find a place. People may knock you out of it. You know, you can be in that in that, that lazy river, and somebody knocks you back into the flow. You know, they like, boom, you got to go around again. Now you got. to I, I think we all fight that. Even though lazy river is my example here, I think we fight not not so much a lazy river today, but we have a strong current that goes against God right now. Mm-hmm. And I think we're gonna to have to have intentional effort to get out of the flow. And Micah was saying to get saved in that day, you would have to intentionally be a counter force. Almost like a rock in a in a river when the when the and what's cool about a rock is the water will work around it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna to have to put our feet on the ground and structure that in a way that we can hold our ground. And I can't find anything other that's stable than God's word. So the question comes down to are we willing to fulfill it? And, and what's happened is, is a lot of times, most of the times, we're not, we just c- contrive. We go, oh, so my church is raising money today to send somebody to get an, an abortion because she can't afford one and we need to help her out and she's oppressed. And so I throw my money into the plate and I'm just flowing right along with that. And and, and then we end the church by saying, amen. God agrees to that. We agree. God agrees. And, and we can become trapped in our conditions. We can hate what's happening in our society, what's going on. And we go, gosh, are we changing it or are we actually encouraging it? And I, I hate to tell you, a lot of people go, well, I hate what's going The same people there will say, I hate what's going on. But then we look at it and we gripe about it and we realize it's happening because we're not putting our feet down and doing what God wants. Mm-hmm. And we gripe about a lot of things we don't like seeing in our society today. But all of it has to do with the fact that we're not following God's will, because if we love God, love neighbor, we wouldn't be hurting each other. There have been more people shot and we're, we're in May right now when we're taping this, but I mean, there's a, there's a shooting that occurred in Texas. Right, school t- shooting. The next day, there's a shooting in Oklahoma. Somebody went in a hospital and shot several people. I saw the newscast came out with immediately. All of it, all of it came out. White supremacist shoots people up again. You know, finds out it's a black patient with a black doctor. Had bad outcome and back surgery. Was mad. Went up, and shot everybody up. Mm-hmm. So, just some wounded person, hurt person. Evil can hit anybody, you Absolutely. know. Then, then, then I, we saw in Iowa somebody was—I don't know the details to it. The, last night, some some church in Iowa had some people shot up. Don't know the details to and why. Was
2: that place in Buffalo?
0: Buffalo, just the, week before that. It, it, we're just in a plethora of people doing crazy stuff mm-hmm. right now. I mean, and we gripe about that. It's terrible, but then, you know, do you know where your kids are at ten o'clock? Do you know what they're watching? Do you know what they're, are you hanging out with them? Are you spending quality time with them? So many of these people that are doing this are being raised alone. They're angry, they're frustrated, they're separated. They've known nothing but social media and and porn and and different things that affect it. When you go back and study the profiles of a lot of these people doing this, they almost look like the same person on a sociologically psychological profile. Mm -hmm. They're very similar people. And there's some, there's some anomalies, but I'm just saying we gripe about stuff like this, but then, but Christ is the only thing that can change it. And, and we're not really changing the core things that can change. Cause what we did was we fused ourselves to a society that's going away from God and you're in the current. So how do you mm-hmm. change something? You have to get on a rock and stand. Yeah. And to do that, you'd have to admit what we're wrong and we're going the wrong direction. For us to do a turnaround would require extreme effort and extreme repentance. Yeah. Not just individual extreme in the sense that we would need it across some lines because as a individual we've, we've sinned, but as a community, you know, I, I was listening to one of the arguments on uh, the city council of, of Carbondale on the abortion issue. Councilman Adam Loose, terrible guy. Go go watch his comments. They're they're after the people's comments. About eight minutes of just vitriol hatred to all Christians. He said that basically that he wouldn't oppose it because it's legal and it's right and it's it's legal to do it in in Illinois. It's legal to have an abortion. It's legal for you to smoke marijuana. It's legal for you to have same-sex marriages. So if the state of Illinois says it's legal, it's legal. I agree. And the state of Illinois it says it's legal, it's legal. Doesn't mean it's godly or right though. No. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So so a, a Christian that's been fused to the state of Illinois would say, well, it's okay now. It, that overrides God's law because it's now been fused to something new. Mm-hmm. But a man or woman, a guy would say, ask for me in my house. (laughs) We're not going to do that just because it's legal doesn't mean it's going to be godly or God's going to receive it. And we gripe about the conditions of our society, but we go along with the flow and to get out of the flow individually, collectively, societally, it's going to take a lot of legs reaching down and standing. And the thing about the Micah text is it really only promises a remnant. So, I mean, someday will come, there'll be turnarounds. I I believe we'll see, I believe I'm having faith that we'll see renewal and resurrection in in Illinois and we'll see a turnaround. I believe America will have resurrection and turnaround and renewal. I'm a pastor of hope. I believe Christ can change situations, but I also believe it could also be the last swirl around the toilet. I don't control the wind, God does. I wanna believe that God's on our side and not against us. Cause even in this, even in this situation, he promises a remnant, he promises a hope. I know in the end, God will do the right thing, but I also wanna believe that there's time for a turnaround. And that's why I need to put my legs down and tell people, there's a rock out here you can stand on. And 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 maybe if you get enough people standing on that rock, it would actually start to look like a community again. And that community then would be a bigger rock that could take a bigger stand and actually change the flow of that community back to one standing on God, but it would take intentionality. It would be painful, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I just wanna throw that out. We gripe about it, but but it's gonna require effort on our part. I, here, here's another thing we looked at when we got into uh, Micah 4. He talks about in Micah 4, let me see if I can get here. He says uh, in verse one, in the last days, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the highest of all. This is a hope chapter, hope, four and five are hope chapters. People from many nations will come and say, there he will teach us, uh, verse 2b, there he will teach us his ways and we'll walk in his path for the Lord's teachings will go out from Zion and his words will go out from Jerusalem. So, so there's a promise of this renewal. There's a, that's where the text verse two, one and all from all over the world will stream there to worship. Could be live streaming folks. There is live streaming right now from Israel on the Western Wall. You can see everybody going there to pray. There's live streaming of stuff happening there, 24/7, 365. Check that out. But but and we know that the prophets will be seen there preaching in the fine time. So so I guess they'll be seen by the world through, through streaming most likely. Um, but my point here is, what, what are these last days? What, what does a last day look like uh, for us? What 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 is this last day thing? Is is did Micah when micah was telling? the people then? Was that their last day? Is it, it, the last day. Um, gosh, when is the last day right before we, get, we, we die and go go meet the Lord is the last day for us when revelation comes, mm-hmm. and there's a sifting. What does the last day look like? In this case, he's talking about the future. But some of us that future is realized now, some of us it'll be realized then. I mean, we all have to look at that and go at one at one point in time, our last day will come. And at that point in time, we will be held accountable. The um, in um, I, I like this part we talked about in Micah four ten. I think this is great. I think you guys will like this. We talked about, but the Lord in verse ten will rescue you there, and He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. So even in the midst of where we're in, even in the midst of being in this flowing river that's kind of kind of almost pushing us down. He promises literally the Lord will rescue us. And they call that in the Bible, a kinsman redeemer. And he promises in Ephesians, in in Micah 5.2, remember Micah 5.2 right here. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, a small village. That's where the redeemer is going to come from. So going back to the concept, the Lord himself is our redeemer. So what can we learn from the Lord about taking a stand or turning our lives around? Think about how the Lord was raised and the culture he came up in, and what he did as he wandered around Jerusalem and Galilee, um, speaking to the leaders of that day. Who who was Jesus the hardest on? The common people or the leaders?
2: Sadducees and Pharisees. Sadducees
0: and Pharisees. He wasn't even hard on Pilate. No, he actually answered Pilate's questions kind of semi-respectfully.
2: Didn't really deal with Pilate. At he all. didn't even. He,
0: he told Pilate, you know, I, you know, I'm, a, I, you know, I, I, I have a God that's not above yours, and 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 Pilate saw it as all a spiritual conversation. And said, hey, this man's not guilty three times. Three times he said he's not guilty, and it was the Jews that said, crucify him. And if you don't crucify him, we're going to call Caesar and tell him you're compromising your throne mm-hmm. because of this man. They threatened Pilate to crucify him. Pilate did everything he could to get out of it. He flogged him, he tried three times, mm-hmm. and finally mm-hmm. crucified him because the Jews extorted him, threatening to create a disorder and rebellion. And that was a bad thing. If he if he if there was rebellion coming from Jerusalem, Caesar would have changed maybe the governor, which was Pilate, to the Tetrarch. And 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 basically he twisted his arm and he said, Fine, if you want to crucify him, crucify your own.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And we crucified our own. But I mean, if you think about that, Jesus stood in a flow at his day, a flow when everything was synchronized. What was synchronized? Hebrews were all marrying in. The the, the Pharisees and Sadducees were so bought into the, the Roman system and then what they were making that they said, I quote Caiaphas, isn't it better for one man to die than we lose what we've got going on?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what he meant was, isn't it better that we would stay in slavery, but we would have our little bit of pool and have to be able, have our little bit of, of our temple priest, and we'll pay our taxes in Rome, but and we'll stay slaves. Wouldn't it be better to get rid of this Jesus than it would be for us to stand up mm. and live as God intended us to be with him as our king? And they said, it's prudent that one man should die. So Jesus was trying, he was showing us how to put your legs down and stand on the rock and say, Father, it's not my will, but it's yours to be done. And Jesus beat it. He didn't just beat it, he overcame it, in three days he rose from it, and then he contributed that spirit into at least 500 other people that saw him. At least 500 people saw him, and then those believers began to speak that to the point that when the current was trying to kill the disciples in the early faith, think about this, that the current was trying to be pushed, the Pharisee says, we got to get this current back up, This Jesus is going to cause a problem, and they pushed the current up and they sent Saul out to kill all the Christians. Gave him papers to murder the early Christians, and Saul goes there and he kills Stephen, the first one of the first deacons of the church. He kills him, and out of the fear of what Saul was doing, people spread, but they wouldn't give up on the vision that they saw that God could change. So rather than, than hide and cower, the people spread to Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost ends of the earth, and they spread telling the story that Jesus is alive and well, mm-hmm. and and instead of Saul crushing. Christianity, he kicked the ashes and created a brush fire mm-hmm. that burned across eventually all of Rome and to us, yeah. and through history to us.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I, mean, I mean, Jesus put his feet down. Stephen put his feet down. The disciples put their feet down, and the gospel got into our hands. What would happen if we put our feet down and stood against synchronizing, stood for the Lord, and trusted the fact that in the last day, he'll have our back? What if we took a chance? Would our kinsman redeemer let us, do you think our kinsman redeemer will let us down or do you think he'll, he'll be there? I think that's what, I think what Micah asks you is, is are you willing to try to give up being a part of this societal destruction? Are you willing to trust the fact that if you could be faithful, you could be the remnant and yes, everything may go to hell in a handbasket. And if you know what happened in Israel and Judah, it went to hell in a handbasket, but in the end they rebuilt. In the end, Jesus did come in the end, the gospel has been put around the world. And you and I are preaching the gospel right now, streaming online. So people can hear it in other countries and other places. And they are hearing it because they respond to us and we're here. And Jesus is doing exactly what he said. He is redeeming people that want to be redeemed, but the river is still flowing thick and heavy the other direction. Any, any thoughts about that? I mean, I mean, Mike is telling us what happens, but you can kind of see we're not really changing anything because as we've talked about in six is superficially will never, superficiality, just going with the flow, just doing what everybody else is doing will never let you truly experience the authentic glory of our supernatural God. God doesn't want you to just your surface dust dust and your trinkets. He wants you to put your feet down, heart, mind, soul, and strength and, and live for Him. And that's what we learned as we got into the third cycle. The third cycle was God says, final judgment is, you're going to be judged, leaders are going to be judged. And either you're going to be with God or against God. There's no hybrid. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people think that if I don't get things right, I think, Lucas, you mentioned this earlier. If I don't get things right, um, a lot of people think, well, it's just useless. But, but I think you were really clear on the fact that God's very faithful and forgiving and, and we can redeem ourselves. And what God is, God's for us, not against us. And he is for turnarounds. God loves the turnaround. That's why he does Micah. He's hoping that some people would turn around. That's why he brought Jesus. That's why he sends the gospel out. He loves turnaround stories. That's why the guy that caused Christianity to be sparked, Saul, ends up being the greatest apostle, ends up spreading the gospel the farthest, and that's Mm -hmm. Paul. Mm -hmm. God took the worst and made him the best. I've been praying. I, I told you that the, the, the gentleman from the city council in Carbondale's name's Adam Luce, he has a vitriol to Christian. I mean, go, go, gosh, go listen to the city council minutes. We'll try to put that up. Maybe Donna can put the links to that up from my Facebook. But there's a whole section there where he just blasts Christianity. And all I can tell you when I hear that is I hear a man that's in pain for something that's happened to him. He's been hurt. Something's happened to him in Christianity. He's got something that's just negative. And I hear the word of Saul with papers Executing Christians, but I also see somebody that if he found it and experienced Jesus Christ, could become a Paul. Hmm. Some of the people that are the most dangerous in our world that had the worst and negative attitudes, can you imagine if they had a turnaround moment with their kinsman redeemer? So I, while I'm sad about what he had to say, and I think it really reflects bad on our community, I pray for him and anybody else like him that they will get the courage to put their feet down off the raft and find a rock, which is Christ and take a stand and see what it feels like to stand on the truth that's unchangeable. Because a lot of people think that it's ever evolving and it's ever developing. But God's truth has been the same truth from in the beginning, and it'll be the same truth to when it's over and done. So I pray that I I sometimes see those folks as being people that if they would have those transition moments, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade is fixing to probably be uh, overturned officially here soon. In the middle of all this, we have Roe v. Wade, you know, fixing to be overturned. And maybe that gets overturned and that changes eventually in the state of Illinois. I doubt it very soon because it'll send it back to the States. But isn't it interesting that the, the woman in Roe v. Wade, she completely recanted her position. She completely came to a different opinion through Christ and said, I don't feel like that. That's how, that's how her, her life changed. She became a witness to, the, to what Christ really wanted. Nobody, when they talk about the importance of Roe v. Wade, talks about what she learned later when she put her feet down. You know what I'm saying? Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about her change of opinion because it's not politically popular. Oh, right. It doesn't flow the stream. So I don't think any of us are going to get famous for putting our feet down. But somehow or another, I know she put her feet down. God will use that. In, in the end, you know, and there's a lot of people out there, maybe you won't get famous for putting your feet down, but God sees you're putting your feet down. And you don't necessarily have to inspire everybody on TV or on social media. All you gotta do is get another person out of the current on the rock with you. And together you two get another one off, and another one off, and another one off. And before long, you have a movement.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, Christianity started with those Christians leaving Jerusalem scared because of Saul. And as they told more people about their power with Christ, and why. The Pharisees were scared. More people joined them, and they grew by thousands daily. We've got to start growing the kingdom of God daily. I mean, I just think that's just a real key force. All right, I'm getting close here um, to wrapping this series up. You guys got any 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 walkaway stuff? Any? I, I think for me, I guess what I want to say one of the most powerful texts that we saw, and I'll I'll, I'll use this as our closing. Then you guys can throw your pieces in on it. Was Micah six eight? It says what God really wants for us is to do what's right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly. And I, I simplify love mercy. The love mercy would mean it simply means that we need to love people. So, so the great commands to love God and love people as yourself. He's asking us to love people here. So, church, simply we got to be freely and willingly uh, to show kindness to people. Um, but we also have to walk humbly, which means we have to also love God. We have to humble ourselves and trust God. And we got to put those two together and put our feet down and start standing on the rock. What suggestion do you have for people, guys, as we wrap up to, to help people get the courage to maybe adopt a, a Micah 6-8 life? You know, you're flowing, you're, you just feel like you're going with the mass. But you really want people to kind of begin to say, you know, I need to do what's what God wants. And I need to do to others what God expects. Any thoughts?
1: uh for me it has to be your habits what are your daily habits mm. you know are you opening your Bible are you praying daily are you spending quiet time with him and yeah. I know that when I'm consistent in doing that God is like working in my life like crazy and uh when I'm not consistent I'm like where are you
2: <laughs>
0: yeah I think that's really good I I think I think you're giving some real basic core examples I, as a pastor over years one of the things I can tell you for sure is that it, I can take a look at people's faith practice. Like you just mentioned, those things, your Bible, your 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 devotional time, your quiet time with God, your your, your faithful attendance to worship. Are you engaging in worship? Or are, are you I can look at your, your calendar and say, are you budgeting time for God? You know, I can look at your checkbook and go, are you faithfully tithing? Are you giving a part of your life to God? And I can see there whether you're a faithful follower or not. Your your time in your life will show a evident flow that God is a rock in your life. You, you, you It's almost like a historical. Somebody should be able to go back and mine your life out and see based on your devotion. Is your devotion written in? Are you, are you having one? And what were you using? And people could do a sociological, psycho, psychological look back at you and go, that person was definitely a Christian. Look at what they they did in their lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think, I think that's really good. You've got to do the right kind of things. We talked about this on a Wednesday night class that you've got to get, you've got to make sure your soil is good so you can have that, that harvest. 30, Matthew talks about 30, 60, fold seed harvest. You need to make sure your soil is good. And everything Lucas is saying there is what gets that soil in top condition, mm-hmm. you know, or, or let you have some place to plant your feet. Uh, your thoughts, ladies, does God really care? I mean, is, does our God really is he on our side? Is he against us? Is he for us? I mean, the world's broken, obviously. Does God really care? And if he does care, how do we love God and love people in a world where it feels like maybe sometimes God's people are out of control or the world's out of control? Any, any other suggestions you guys have?
2: Well, I think we have to really evaluate our witness. Um, the old adage of be who you say you are, you know, you can't, you can't be holy on Sunday and then be unholy the rest of the week. And so, and part of that is, um, underlined by your habits and by your intentionality with uh, being in the word and, and praying and seeking God on all levels of your life. But sometimes you can internalize that and not let that shine through in your behavior to other people and you end up being, um, you propel people away from Christ with your behavior and your interactions. So your witness has to reflect who you are.
0: Amen, that's very good. You know, does God really care? Yes, He cares. And your witness needs to be a part of showing that. I I mentioned in one of the sessions, will you be part of the promise hope or promise destruction? You've got to make those decisions. They're intentional decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you be an Easter people or, or a blasphemy people? Will you? Or, are you going to just ignore God and never repent? Or are you going to going to act like you're a child of God and live according to the child of God rules of His household? Matthew, any 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 thoughts on this as we wrap up, Micah?
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't think anything different. You don't think anything different? No, I like My, like to what Lucas and Donna had to say.
0: I, I do too. I, I I think I think the key is just to make a stand be faithful to the stand, let your life be evident in that stand, and then get some practices in your life that'll help you stay rooted and grounded. You know, you want to be like in Psalm one, that tree planted by the river. Uh, You want to be one that's healthy and fertile and that tree that's planted by the river can take drought. It can take windstorm. It can take tornadoes. It can take the, the, the push of society. It can take floodwaters. You know, the more we're grounded in God, the more we'll be able to stand against those times. And to be honest, with you, when everything's flooding by you in society, if you're a tree rooted, people would actually be able to grab a hold of that right. and find refuge. Are, are people able to find refuge or at least hope in your life and what you're doing? Can they see that, that you are different even in the midst of the storm and the drought and or maybe the current of negativity? Can they see that that yeah, you're having a hard time, but they can see your heads held up by the fact that you have a hope that's, that, that, that your hope is greater than our circumstances. It is tough at times for us to be be hopeful in what's going on in society when we see such things that are happening. but at the same time, uh, at the same time, our only chance is Jesus Christ and just mm-hmm. keeping our chin up and looking to him. He's the author and finisher of our faith.
2: Your lazy river analogy is something I'll probably refer to <laughs> for a while now. I will too. <laughs> I, I, I think one. I think that's a good, good one. And we
0: just got to put your feet down and kind of work our way out of it. Yeah. And you know what? If enough people started going the other way, maybe we can turn the current around and see God have revival. That's what right. we want for you. Uh, make sure you know that God loves you. We'd love to hear from you, your opinions. Uh, write us and tell us. Hopefully this series has been good for you. You've really been a deep dive. Our goal is to get you deep into Micah. You've actually heard or read through the entire book of Micah, if you've done our eight part series. So make sure you go back and do that. If you've missed any of that, we look forward to having you back for other series. we got great series coming up. Just go to onthedock.org and find out those series and you can get info at onthedock.org email us. If you have any questions or concerns, you can always find us on Spotify, iTunes, and, and um, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube and our other platforms. And we'd love to hear from you there on our social media partners. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Thank you, ladies, for standing in for these eight sessions. Lucas, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Great conversation, great discussion. And guys, always, when you find us, hit subscribe, like, notify. And uh, we just love having you here. Love to have you as a Patreon partner, but most of all, we would love to have you out at Community Faith Church. If you don't have a church home, you need to be going someplace and you're in our region 10 o'clock on Sunday, 6.30 on Wednesdays. You can go to coftv.com and you can check us out on our video platforms. But most of all, we'd like to have you here or in a church that's preaching the Bible in your region. Get out and go to church. We love you and we want to have you. We'll be back again with more and great programs. And again, thank you to all of you for joining us. And we look forward to your social media comments as well. And I'm Pastor Troy. We've had a great time with you on the dock and we will see you soon. God bless and we'll see you.